Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. This is your regularly scheduled episode for this week. Uh, we will be discussing all the Marvel news and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode 17, I believe? I think so. I think that's it. Um, so There's uh, so many episode numbers that uh, we're going through yeah, these days right. with that Daredevil release happening. Yeah, if any of you are catching the normal cast and you haven't uh, seen what we've been dropping all week, uh, we are doing a... Uh, spoiler-filled Daredevil review of every episode, and we're dropping it daily. So we've already got five of them posted, I believe. The six will post first thing in the morning. If you're uh, if you're listening to this, just uh, and you, you're watching Daredevil, uh, join us for our Daredevil cast. We're putting a lot of work into it for you guys. Uh, we hope you're enjoying it. Oh, and it is episode seventeen. It's called yeah. Melinda. Melinda. Oh man, there's a lot. I have a lot to say about this episode. Uh, it was it was it was a really solid episode. Yeah, it was. But first, let's talk about news. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, we got What's we your tons of news tonight and tons of feedback. Oh, oh yeah, I'm Matt Carroll. I'm Jeff Randall. <laughs> um, we've we've introduced ourselves to each other several times over the past 24 hours. <laughs> it kind of felt like it didn't need to be stated. Yeah. But for all the new people listening, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to whisper into your ear how sorry I'm. I'm sorry. Stop being creepy, Jeff. It's not creepy. It's a little creepy. Okay. It's loving. Because mm. I love them. Mm. News. Throw some news at me. Ernie Hudson, the guy from the Ghostbusters, yeah, is in talks, or rumored to be in talks, or something like that, to be Black Panther's father in the Black Panther movie, his father, T'Chaka, who actually... Uh, according to like all the Black Panther canon, was the original Black Panther who was killed by Dr. Claw. And then T'Challa, played by uh, Chadwick Boseman, takes over the mantle of Black Panther and ruler of Wakanda. Mm. Yeah. So and we might we might in, in enter their world with that just that process happening. Uh, it seems like Chadwick Boseman seems pretty young, so it's possible that like his father, uh, you know, ex Ghostbuster Ernie Hudson, could be still still an active Black Panther. Could uh, be at the beginning of the beginning of this, you know, maybe the beginning of Civil War or maybe the beginning of uh, of the film something of Black Panther. Yeah, man, that sounds cool. I like Ernie Hudson. Me too. I just like the Ghostbusters. <laughs> I like the Ghostbusters a lot. So I'm so I'm down. I'm down with an Ernie Hudson. Uh, I'm down with Ernie Hudson being anything anywhere. Yeah, yeah man. He'd be a great Iron Man. <laughs> Whatever, man. Him and Bill Murray are going to fight it out. <laughs> Ghostbuster versus Ghostbuster. <laughs> we talked about our great Bill Murray as Iron Man a uh, long time ago. <laughs> you talked about Bill Murray being every character ever until they're cast whatever man he'd be a he'd be a good option for most things <laughs> he's gonna be captain marvel yep carol danvers yeah he's man, just he's gonna, gonna be the Cree captain marvel man they're just gonna uh you know recast that a little bit <laughs> all right what other news do we anyway. have <laughs> so uh you know agents of shield has been doing really really good this uh, this past season, you mean as in the quality of the content, the quality and the uh, and the ratings have really? gone. Yeah, they've they've gone way up. That's Actually, awesome. Uh, as far as 
biggest earners this was a different article than the one that i'm about to talk about uh biggest earner of this of this season of shows has been agents of shield like they've biggest stepped earner up on abc yeah well no biggest earner on um i think it might be abc anyway yeah the biggest earner on whatever it's on abc whatever metric they used okay <laughs> biggest earner as far as ratings like they've just they stepped up in a big way and then people are watching because of it so with that marvel and abc are working on a spinoff yeah i heard this they're working on a spinoff of agents of shield that is supposed to come from the storylines that are presented in the second half of the season yeah. Second half of the second season. I saw I saw that article and it sounds it sounds like things that the the way the article was stated sounded like it was things that are still to come. Yeah, things that we haven't seen yet. Things we care. It said it was going to be based around characters we haven't seen yet, like yeah. the characters that are, we're going to meet. We didn't really meet any new characters tonight, so I'm assuming that's maybe post, um, post of Age of Ultron. Um, I've got I've got lots of theories, and we have some feedback about. Uh, about that as well and i guess we'll talk about that once we get into the spoilers because it's heavily related to agents of shield so yeah it kind of is yeah so we don't want we don't want to go too far into that (laughs) without until we hit the spoiler alert maybe we'll do news then agents of shield spoiler news and then (laughs) um at least discussion yeah Uh, Yeah, so what other what other news we'll table that for now tabled Okay. Um, I realize sometimes we table things and then don't get back to them. So I'm trying to come up with a system. Uh, maybe like it's a tough. note. Make a note. Maybe actually take note of something. Wait, what? Like take liter- notes? Literally take a note. Would we, would nah. we post it somewhere? Mm, nah. Oh, man. That was, that was two jokes. Because there's there's, there have been times where I've said, I'm going to post that on Facebook or I'm going to post that on Twitter. And then I just don't. Oh yeah, because I forget to. But then also, you know what? You know what's really good to take notes on post its post its. Yeah, we'll, so that we're gonna. I've often thought about making there. like intricate color coded post it systems for things. But you would never remember all the colors. Well, I don't remember the colors. That's not the issue. <laughs> I would just never do it. I am so lazy. <laughs> I I come up. I'm so. It's so hard for me to get organized in my like daily life. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a musician. I got a lot of shit to do you could just you could have just stopped it i'm a musician yeah right like <laughs> that that is, that says everything i've just said <laughs> my girlfriend's always like i really don't like musicians Damn. i'm like uh honey <laughs> sweetie she's like i didn't mean you i didn't mean you <laughs> you're not a normal musician you're you're different i'm different i'm like edward it was a twilight reference See, I was gonna go with like, <laughs> I was gonna go with a Marvel reference. No, I've been watching you for a while, Matt. You're yeah. different. Mm. He said Scott in the trailer, but it's Michael Douglas. Oh yeah, Hank Pym, Scott yeah. Lang, Ant Man. Which we need to get to. Ant Man trailer. Ant Man trailer number two happened. That and was awesome. I swear to God, if you're not excited about this, or if you weren't excited about this film beforehand, I really this wasn't. trailer changes everything. It this does. trailer has fixed that. It really did. The uh, the I was I was like on board with how exciting it looked, and the ant stuff's a little weird. But I was like, I'm gonna go with it. I'm gonna you know I'm definitely gonna check it out and just go in with an open mind. I trust Marvel, but. The last shot 
uh, in the trailer of <laughs> Thomas the Tank Engine barreling down on Yellow Jacket. Yep. Uh, that was and priceless. Then it, and then it zooms out and it just kind of falls over. It's so good. It was so good. Oh my gosh. And then it cuts to and really close And then it goes right again. back in and it's just like this epic, like he's throwing the caboose at him and it it reminded blows me, it up. It reminded me of the st- aesthetic of the Lego movie. I did not ever see the Lego movie. In the Lego movie... I guess I don't want to spoil... Spoiler alert for the Lego movie. <laughs> I'm just going to say something about the Lego movie. But oh, yeah. Spoilers. It's been two years. Spoiler alert for the Lego movie. Um, in the Lego movie, <laughs> it goes from... You're looking at actual Legos in the real world. Yeah. And you, it kind of like will zoom out for a moment. And then it'll like zoom in and you're in this world of like Legos come to life. And, but then it'll zoom out and there's like a kid playing with Legos. Yeah. And so like... See, there's just like really funny moments where like big monsters are all this action and then it cuts away to like just a peaceful serene lego people standing still and that's what it reminded me of like you're in the world of ant-man and then you're out in the normal world and that just looks so minuscule <laughs> um it's pretty great well if you think about it that's how thanos sees earth ooh yeah. Why'd you have to make it so real? <laughs> I had to make it real within the universe. You're welcome. Yeah, man. There was somebody in in the comments of actually the YouTube uh the YouTube video of that trailer that had said that it looks terrible and that it was gonna bomb like all the others. And I my first thought was, What? What do you mean like all the others? Yeah, like what other What are other movies about? are you talking about? I don't they can't be Marvel movies cuz nothing has really bombed. Even even Hulk and Thor Hulk which was the worst is still made like 60 million on opening weekend. Like, uh, it was 55 actually. Yeah, 55 million bad, opening weekend, which is not, not a bad terrible. Pull. Yeah. And, and like Iron Man on its opening weekend, 98.6. Iron Man 2 128, stepped it up a little bit. Thor which was second worst. Was got sixty five million. Captain America tied it sixty five million. Yeah, uh, and then the Avengers just broke it with two hundred and seven million. They broke the world with that. Yeah, that's uh, is 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 it the highest opening weekend ever? Yes, I believe it is. Uh, that's pretty awesome, and they're expecting are, to break it again. Yeah, they're they're expecting the initial fifteen million or something like that. Yeah, the initial projections are over two hundred million. That's the initial projections for Age of Ultron yeah. are over two hundred million. That's pretty rad. That's incredible. While we're while we're still on Ant Man uh, and the and the trailer for that, we have a bunch of feedback uh, on on the Ant Man trailer that we posted. So I just wanted to mention some of that. Um, Juan Carlos Nunez says that last bit was great embracing the absurdity of it um which we've talked about in the past with the first trailer when he's like is it too late to change the name yeah well um, he he still goes back to that in this one yeah he, he says, does he mentions no the i'm the ant man yeah i know wasn't my idea and wasn't my <laughs> idea um well he uh in this i think with that and also the Ch- thomas the tank engine that both those scenes just make 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 they're going to acknowledge how silly the name Ant Man is, and I think they're going to in turn end up making Ant Man a cool character, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> which is going to be fun. Um, Joe Sanders says, "I loved his character on the animated series Earth's Mightiest Heroes. I was really only ever nervous when Edgar Wright left, but I'm completely on board now. I was thinking how funny it would it'd be." 
to cut from an epic microscopic battle to what would look like an average-sized perspective right before they did the Thomas the Tank Engine bit in the trailer. Brilliant. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I that was the most brilliant part of the trailer, I thought, for sure. Um, and yeah, I was really worried about when Edgar Wright left. I'm still sad because I love Edgar Wright so much. And I know that if, if, if they couldn't make it work... There were there were legitimate reasons, and I trust that like whatever Marvel wouldn't cave on is probably something that I wouldn't want them to cave on. Yeah, <laughs> he probably wanted to like. You've got standards, Marvel. You hold to them. Yeah, I, I, it's it's it's. I, I bet it was something like I want to do this, and they're like, no, that doesn't work with our canon that we either already established or that we're planning to establish. And he's like, yeah, but it, it, this is my movie. I want to make my movie the way I want to make my movie, and I'm like. No, you can't break canon. Like, I'm sorry. (laughs) You don't understand. You can't break canon. And I I don't know that that's the case, but that's what it seems like. It seems like he just, he wants to make his movie, which he does wonderfully in all of his other movies. That's Um, just, there's a place and time for that. Yeah. It's not in the MCU. Not in the MCU. The MCU, they have to have You have to follow Feige's vision. Oh, and you have to follow what's come before. It's not a, it's not a unified universe if you don't follow... If you don't follow to the letter of canon, you know, you can yeah. change things, you can retcon things by actually having reasons for things to be different. If you want to make a change, you've got to come up with an inventive way. Um, and they did that. They, All hail the king. Yes, they did. They the, changed it to where the Mandarin wants his name back. Yeah, and they've done a lot of things like that where they can fix things uh, if, they, if they feel like. Um, yeah, uh, my friend Zade Tree Montana had a comment. What, what, did he, what did he say there, Jeff? He says, $5 says the chick with the bob is going to be Wasp. Mm. And uh, you, 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 you responded on the thread, but you, you can go ahead and just respond verbally what you think about that. I, I would say that it's unlikely. That, that The chick with the bob is Evangeline Lilly. She's been cast as Hope Van Dyne. Uh, Hope Van Dyne is the daughter of Hank Pym and Janet Van Dyne in the Ultimate Universe. She can't change size, but... She does become the Red Queen. She has, like, this this idealistic view of her father's legacy and how the Avengers after that, like Cassandra Lang, uh, who is um, Stature, uh, she is Scott Lang's daughter, and she's one of those, like, shape or the size-changing heroes. She says that those people and Scott Lang are not able to live up to her father's legacy as the Ant-Man or Giant-Man or Yellow Jacket or whatever name mm-hmm. he used, and that she's going to lead an Avengers team that's going to be the best. So she wants to take them out and then kind of take over the Avengers somehow. Gotcha. Doesn't make all the sense in the world. That's but, what turns her into a villain. Yeah, that's what... Ultimates. That's what turns her into a villain there. Uh, what they could do, since there's been, like, no mention of Janet Van Dyne at all... Um, they could turn her into the wasp through like just kind of molding those characters together. Sure, sure, it happens all the time. Yeah, it happens a lot, and she's got the hairstyle that um, that Miss Van Dyne, that Janet Van Dyne, always had. Who is the wasp? She's got that same yeah. hairstyle that's been so through the ages. So it seems like almost like they're hinting that they might do that, even if that's not the plan. So Zane, yeah, Zane definitely has a. I would say it's unlikely, but it is possible. Yeah. It is definitely possible. Yeah. Um, And uh, Nathaniel Muzzy uh, says, uh, in response to that same thread, uh, hope is a villain. Does 
who does not change size in the Ultimate Universe and non-existent in 616. From the trailer, it sounds like she knows quite a bit about the effects of PIM particles. I wouldn't be shocked if, she, if we see her change size. Whether she ends up good or evil is a coin toss in my mind. I agree entirely. Yeah, that's pretty much what you said. So, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, that's all interesting stuff, uh, except for to me, because I know nothing about Ant-Man. Uh, <laughs> Man, this is fun. Yeah, but, um, all right, what's what's our next piece of news, my friend? Next piece of news, uh, the Mr. Marcus and Mr. McFeely of, or the writers of Winter Soldier, are reportedly up for writing Infinity War. Both <laughs> of them. The writers of which, of which movie? I'm sorry. Winter Soldier and... Uh, Civil War. Also going to write Infinity War. Wow. They're definitely going to have a grasp on the characters. Oh, yes. At that point. Um, sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to have continuity like that. But sometimes you get continuity between directors and writers and they get a little burnt out on a character or they lose creativity. I hope that's... Or they George Lucas it. George Lucas it, or <laughs> Sam Raimi it, oh, or whatever. Oh, oh, oh. Like, Why you gotta bring that up? Um, oh, it's some, too soon. <laughs> sometimes people have to move from property to property a little bit. And I think that's why Whedon is leaving. I don't think he wants to do a third Avengers movie because he's probably creatively tapped for yeah, Avengers. Yeah, he said that he wants to do his own thing. Yeah. Like, it's, it will have been like eight years since mm. he's done his own thing and he yeah. wants to do that. He wants to, he wants to go produce but, and oh make my cabin own. in the woods was so good. <laughs> so, so good. Um, you guys all back me up on cabin in the woods being good. Jeff hasn't seen it. I haven't seen it. It's on my list. Cause, um, Hemsworth is in it. Oh, that's right. He is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, that, that movie is killer. It's really good. All right. So I guess uh, I guess next I've got a lot of uh, a lot of stuff that Feige has said recently. Um, he's done a couple of interviews here lately. Um, he confirmed that Spider-Man is is going to be Peter Parker. We know that already. Um, but he's confirmed that he's going to be in high school in the fifteen to sixteen year old range. And the way that he's saying it is, race isn't the biggest thing as long as you nail Peter Parker. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I like that. I, I don't. I wouldn't mind if they gave gave us a black Peter Parker. <laughs> I wouldn't mind it. Wouldn't bother me at all. Well, as long as they get the character right, because yeah, he's. Exactly. I mean, he's supposed to be uh, a high school kid getting to getting used to his powers, and he's he's the kid that never shuts up, hmm. ever at all, ever, because he's he's a bully. <laughs> he's kind of a bully. He's just always poking fun at his at his enemies. Oh, just well, always messing as, with him. As Spider Man, he's, he's yeah. As, as Spider Man, he's a bully. I was like, he's not really as a Peter bully. Parker. He's he's okay, but when he's fighting his his rogues gallery, so mm. to speak, um, he's, he's he's posting YouTube comments at them. All yeah, the time. he's he's just he's an internet commenter. Yeah, yeah. Because he doesn't have a face. Yeah, his face Dude. is invisible, just like on the internet. Yeah. And so he's just. YouTube commenting at the villains. <laughs> See, that's why we need masked heroes in this universe. We need those, uh, you know, to provide valid feedback for our villains. Right. <laughs> It'd be really funny if um, Spider-Man went into Deadpool and, like, broke the fourth wall and just started talking to the villains about how weak of a villain they were. <laughs> it's like, you're no Loki. <laughs> 
That would I think he does that sometimes. <laughs> um all right, what else we got? Well, further on that, uh Feige was saying that they're going to take for granted cuz they've said before that there are going to be no origin stories at all anymore, period. So they're going to take for granted that everybody knows how Spider-Man came to be. Um, he said that there's going to be, or there is a young kid already running around New York City in a homemade version of the Spider-Man costume in the MCU. You just don't know it yet. Nice. So that's that's great. Yeah. I, if they if, <laughs> if they did the origin story again, it would be just a huge mistake. Yeah, they, huge, I mean, huge, huge mistake. Beat it to death, why don't you? Yeah. So that's great. I like it. Uh, further in that same interview, he said that uh, the Infinity War films are actually going to be two separate films. Uh, the intent, he said, "quote The intention of that is to do two distinct standalone movies." End quote. Hmm. I don't know how I feel about that. He said because they are such shared elements, it felt appropriate, but I wouldn't call it one story that's cut in half. I'd just say it's going to be two distinct movies. Hmm. It's appropriate to name them part, you know, one and two, but. Yeah, I, li- I like the idea separate. of having some sort of solid arc in the first movie and a solid arc in the second. Because sometimes movies, especially in, in recent days, like, I actually oh haven't, seen it. I haven't even seen it yet, but the Mockingjay series. Yeah, the Mockingjay thing, the Harry Potter thing. When they, when they cut them in half, they... The Twilight thing, yeah. if you're into that, like... Which obviously I am. I made a reference earlier. <laughs> um, they they just too much, too well, much of the part one, part two. Oh gosh! If we're gonna talk about too much, pulling too much out of a story, let's talk about the Hobbit. <laughs> oh my God! Uh, it's dividing <laughs> part a, one, part two, part three. Dividing one book into three. The shortest book that he wrote. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I, we won't get too much into that anymore. But uh, that was pretty nuts. More than even just pulling too much out of the story, I find that there's a problem with a lot of times the first movie doesn't do a good job of being a movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's too focused on setting up the next movie. Well, like I've said before, tell the story. Tell your story. Don't yeah. set up new stuff. Yeah. And I mean, definitely Marvel could be charged with spending a lot of time setting stuff up, but they do such a good job of like Telling dropping it in and having <laughs> a solid story. Yeah. Having a solid story, um, so so that's so I guess I guess I'm down with his comments. I think most of their most of their setup is actually just Easter eggs. It's Easter eggs that that kind of lead into a setup, and it's not like they're sure. wanting to do a whole bunch of Easter eggs. They're not an Easter egg farm, but like there's a little patch here where they're like, here's these things that could probably lead to something. If you guys really like that, if this does well, I think you know much about biologies. Eggs don't grow on farms. It's, it's a, it's a Joss Whedon quote. I don't think he knows about biology. Okay. Speaking of Joss Whedon, uh, he had talked about wanting to include, um, Captain Marvel in the very end of Avengers age of Ultron. Um, apparently they had shot, a uh, few FX or a few effects shots of her flying in costume and uh and ended up not including it he said uh, Joss Whedon said to me it would have done that character a disservice to meet her fully formed in a costume and part of the avengers already when 99% of the audience would go who is that it's just not the way we've done it before <clears throat> so instead of putting captain marvel in there like that they use those same shots to introduce a different character. 
Huh. Did they didn't say what? I think it, I think he was saying that it's when you first see Scarlet Witch in costume. Okay. All right. So she's the character they're talking about introducing there, Scarlet Witch. Yeah. Okay. I thought you were saying they're they're introducing. Like he was yet just another character giving us a big tease. <laughs> like and so instead we're introducing a different character there. What? <laughs> Why would you do that? Oh Mark? man, well, I have the theories about. I really think that something's going to happen in Ultron that is going to cause us to have to see a lot of other heroes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I really do, and and that's it's just a theory. But I think like they're going to have to do some sort of, I don't know, protocol that like calls forth lots of other heroes to uh to the to the sides. Of uh, of the Avengers, but um, we'll talk about that in the spoiler section. I see what section. you're doing. I see what you're doing. We'll talk about that. I'm in the picking up section. what you're laying down. Um, last bit of news that I've got. <laughs> uh, last bit of news that I've got. It's on the Captain Marvel vein. Uh, apparently, Guardians writers, uh, Guardians writer Nicole Perlman and Inside Out writer Meg LaFauve, I guess, is are they're both in talks to write Captain Marvel. Uh, the way that Feige said it is that they both pitched a story for Captain Marvel to him, and he loved both of them and wants them both to work together to make a really great Captain Marvel story. Hmm. Cool. I like the idea of collaboration. That's, I'm down with that. Me too, especially being that one of the writers from Guardians of the Galaxy is doing it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that is... You know I'm on board with anything. Any, anybody that had a real hand in Guardians of the Galaxy, um, I'm I'm down with them. Uh, is that the one that is that the one that wrote it before James Gunn got his hands on it? I'm not certain. Okay, cool. I'm not. I can look that up right well, now. Well, we have oh. a ton a ton of feedback, um, and I, we're, we'll try to move through it pretty quickly tonight because uh, I know I know we need to get to the episode and actually talk about it. Some of this feedback is going to actually go in the episode area. So, uh, but yeah, let's, uh, let's see Joe Sanders. Oh no, wait, wait, I've got one since we were just pontificating guardians of the galaxy. Yeah. We got an iTunes review. Oh, okay. That talks about us in a very <laughs> personal way. Okay. Yeah. It give us that feedback. Kind of makes me a little self-conscious. <laughs> uh, we got, a review by Bad Wolf five six three. He said, "Are the episodes really, really long? Yes. Do the two hosts constantly pontificate about Guardians of the Galaxy? Yes. <laughs> Is Matt's inexplicable love of Iron Man three delusional? Yes. I agree. <laughs> Is Jeff incapable of hearing the word McDrippy <laughs> without giggling like a child? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's it's not the word. It's it's that everything's Scottish. Yeah." Well, it's it's also, just, it's silly. Anyway, no, we he says, where was back. I going with this? Oh, right. Despite their eccentricities, Matt and Jeff are incredibly knowledgeable and passionate about the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. And it's difficult not to see this canon of movies and TV shows through their wonderful, childlike eyes. <laughs> there aren't many podcasts that I listen to as soon as they drop, but being a fan of the MCU and making a point to watch anything and everything as soon as it comes out... Binge watching Daredevil on Friday. Whoop, whoop. These com- or these guys' commentary make every chapter of the MCU even more fun. I, for one, will keep coming back for more. And you know what? We will keep it coming. Thank you so much, Bad Wolf. That seriously is a uh, 
That's my favorite review we've gotten thus far. And it, it almost sounded negative for a little while. It did. But, but it was like in the most in the most loving way. It's like a really backhanded comment. Compliment. <laughs> hey, it was, it was five stars. I'm down. Yeah, uh, thank you. Thank you, Bad Wolf. That was really, really sweet, sweet, sweet review. Um, we had a couple other iTunes reviews, didn't we? Yes, we did. Go um, for it. Give us that. We had Mr. Mark Amargo say, I started listening to MCU cast when looking for additional podcasts to enhance my Mar- or enhance rather my Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. experience. Matt and Jeff do a great job covering MCU news and reviews of the Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episodes. I look forward to the MCU cast every week. And you know, I look forward to you listening to it. <laughs> I look forward to making it for you. We look you. forward to making it for you, I think is what Jeff no, no. means. I look forward to just letting him listen to That's it. true. Jeff does stare <laughs> at our uh, download numbers and just oh, wait man. for them to tick up by one. <laughs> He's like constantly refreshing the page. Ooh, I just enjoyed that That's person listening. When I've got downtime Ooh, at work, yeah. when I've got downtime at work, which is pretty much whenever nobody's calling me, I'll, uh, I have a tendency to flip over to to our uh, our download numbers and just be like, let's see what's, what's they look like right now. What do they look? Oh, yeah, they're doing real good. Oh, this is the best day ever, is it? Okay. Yeah, this week's been great because we just released so much content. So <laughs> thank you guys all for listening. Uh, we got a lot of new listeners this week with all the Daredevil casts, and we love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And um, let us know if there's anything you guys want or want us to cover or that you want to hear from your Marvel Cinematic Universe Do podcast. you want to start a comic book reading club yeah we've already had some people say that that they like that idea we're, 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 we're looking at it we're looking at it for sure yeah it's we're we're considering it it's on the table yeah like we had a long things. summer of no content from the mcu so we may have to pull our content from elsewhere what's that last itunes review that we have uh mr zeke colon 24 just says keep up the great work thank you zeke we will all right cool we'll uh we really appreciate all those iTunes reviews. If you want to help us out, please go over to iTunes and drop a review. That is a huge, huge help. It helps other people find us, and it helps us uh, uh, move up in the ratings there, which you know just 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 helps us produce this content and makes it makes it worth doing. The more people that are listening out there, we really appreciate all of you guys for reals. Um, yeah. So okay. <sighs> I don't know how to do this exactly. We've got a lot of feedback this week. This week. Um, and not to mention the Daredevil feedback that we have. Uh, we have a few pages worth of Daredevil feedback, which we're going to cover in our next Daredevil episode. Uh, that, well, the Daredevil episode, that we, the next one we're recording, which is going to post on like Friday or Saturday. Um, so uh, this is, uh, we're going to run down this as quick as we can. Um, Joe Sanders says, I've been listening to your back catalog of episodes, and I just got to the one where you guys debate Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. It is terrible. Yes. And you should go back and check everything, uh, check out the Everything Wrong with the Kingdoms, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull video on YouTube for as much proof as you'll ever need. However, I do agree that Shia LaBeouf is a good actor, and even though this isn't at all Marvel related, <laughs> I'll take any excuse to share this video. And then he shares the video of Shia LaBeouf, the song by Rob Cantor. Um, <laughs> this is one of the best things I've ever seen. I I was introduced by, by to this video. He says he was introduced to, by, to this video by um, Joss Whedon posting about it. Joss Whedon apparently posted it on Twitter or something. Something um, like that. That's a much cooler way than I learned about it. My dad called me at like two in the morning one night. He's like, <laughs> have you seen this Shia LaBeouf video? 
And I was like, what? No. no? Why are you still awake? What are you talking? Yeah. Well, that, <laughs> that's just my dad. My dad's up forever. Um, and he, uh, he, he calls me. And so I went and watched and I was like, well, how does my dad find better internet content than I do? Like what, where did, how did that happen? <laughs> Um, but yes, the, that video is amazing. Thank you for sharing it. Anyone should search right now. If you're even like pause this podcast and listen to Shia LaBeouf by Rob Cantor, watch it on YouTube. It's, it'll change your life. (laughs) It'll change your life. I couldn't handle it, man. Mm -hmm. I watched it. I watched like half of it. I was at work and I was like, I can't deal with this right now. I'm at work. I don't need everybody yelling at me to shut up and quit laughing. Yeah. I, oh, and I did not yet watch everything wrong with Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, but I will this week and report back to you. Okay. Um, I will say so th- though that I almost always disagree with those everything are wrong videos. I feel like they nitpick a lot. They nitpick too much. Like they're like, "Here's a hundred reasons why you should hate this movie," and maybe like two of them are valid. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you really watered down your point. Like <laughs> if you if you if you'd been a little focused, I get it. It's the internet. If you put a number before things, then it's uh that much more clickable yeah. 100 things wrong with blah 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 clickbait. 96 things yeah it's, uh, it, it it's kind of clickbait and, and then i watch it and i'm like no that's not wrong that's that's totally reasonable that's a reasonable <laughs> problem guy who makes these videos did you ever watch the um the honest trailer for captain america the winter soldier uh yes i like how they were like all right this may be the best movie that Marvel has ever made. Yeah, they, but they, since this is a comedy channel, here comes the nitpicking. <laughs> yeah, I, lo- I loved it. They called it out in that one. Yeah, that I was mean, really they good. have to address it when it's because that movie was so good. Oh my god. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Pretty great. So, what did Charles McFall say? Charles McFall. He said, I am yelling at my three-week-old recording saying Scorsese could direct a great Punisher and get it right. Uh, yeah. We, I think, I think, is that something you were saying on the cast, I think? Or were no, you, we, we were, were talking, we were about, talking about, about how Scorsese would not be good for the MCU. Oh, okay. Because of his, his language and the <laughs> well, tone. You know, I, that I we probably would have agreed with him. I would have been down with what we were saying. I agreed with us. Two weeks ago, <laughs> but now that I'm watching Daredevil, the amount of gore that they've put into that show, well, um, they, they st- could do a rated R. I feel like now they could put a rated R movie in the MCU, and it could just be a little different corner of the universe. You know? Yeah, it would be The Punisher. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, on, I'm on board that with that. That could work. Yeah, that could definitely work. Um, maybe not Scorsese. I don't know. But, I mean, I do like Scorsese. Yeah, he's awesome. I don't know. I don't know, I just I keep thinking of like Gangs of New York and The Wolf of Wall Street as Scorsese films and I'm like I keep trying to put the Punisher into those films instead of like letting him make a Punisher film in my head and yeah. none of those work. Yeah, I don't <laughs> I, I absolutely uh, appreciate Mr. McFall's perspective. Uh Mr. McFall is by the way from the uh the from, from the, the Helicarrier podcast. podcast. Um and and the uh, he's, he's he's you should check his out, his podcasts out they're pretty great, um, but his uh, I don't know yeah I think Scorsese I think Scorsese would be much more of an Edgar Wright than Edgar Wright was there's no way he would like sub- be subservient to Kevin Feige you know what I mean yeah I, I can't imagine him making a Punisher movie that doesn't just like I don't care at all about this can. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, he he seems like he would likely be like, do you know who I am? Like, you're really going to tell me what you want me to do? Do you know who I am? Exactly, yeah. And, and he, he has and every, he has every right for, to do that. And honestly, Edgar Wright has every right to do that, but it just doesn't necessarily fit into the MCU. It doesn't fit with the Feige vision. Yeah. Well, and it I'm, doesn't... I'm you, down with the Feige vision. Yeah, absolutely. Robert T. Frost says, Hi, gang. I just finished listening to your podcast for the latest Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode. Thoroughly enjoyed it. And, like you, seeing all these Age of Ultron trailers, I sat down and rewatched them. Which leads me to the scene where the Avengers try to pick up Thor's hammer. Not being well-versed in Marvel Comics, that made me think of a question. Does Marvel ever define what makes a hero worthy to pick up the hammer? Hmm. I d- as far as I know, they don't. It's it's sort it's, of an ethereal it's sort of an ethereal thing. You're more of a Thor expert than I am. It's up in the air. Uh, yeah, for they're, the longest they're... time, it was just that Odin put an enchantment on it, and it was whoever Odin found worthy. Or it was like he set down a, a list of check boxes that everybody had to mark off, and if you had marked them all off, then you could just pick up the hammer whenever. Um, here lately, if I'm not mistaken, it's been determined that Mjolnir is sentient. And determines who is worthy just by being around them and seeing them in action or something. Interesting. I love in that uh, in that scene when the the hammer moves a little bit for Cap. For Cap, yeah, that's the best. That's the best thing I've seen from Age of Ultron yet. There have been a lot of people that have been able to pick up the hammer. Oh yeah, I've I've, I've heard that. There's a there's we a solid list out there. Cool. Yeah. So the answer is no. Ish, uh, no ish. <laughs> uh, there, there are a number of different canons, uh, or a number of different different points in the canon where it was a little different. But we don't know what the MCU is going to say about that. I wonder if the, anyone else will ever pick up the hammer in the MCU. I would love to see Cap actually pick it up because I think he's worthy. He would be if Thor wasn't around. Because a lot of times that's what it seems like it is. Is when. When Thor's not around to pick up the hammer, then the next best person is there for it. Hmm. And um, there was, oh man, there was a, there was a, a JLA Avengers crossover in oh, the yeah. 90s where Superman picked up the hammer. Sure, yeah, of course Superman could. Well, no, it was, um, it was in the, the final fight, like everything's going crazy, Thor falls down, the hammer falls out of his hand. And um, some the ship that Cap was on blows up, and the ha- the shield comes falling in front of Superman. He picks up the shield, picks up Mjolnir, and it just goes nuts and just beats the crap out of the of the uber bad guy or whatever. That's fun. And then after after the fight, when everybody's okay again, uh, the hammer is laying on the ground, and um, Superman walks up to him. And he's like, "Oh, hey, Thor! Here's your hammer." I <laughs> just can't pick it up. Huh? Yeah. So yeah, that seems like it. Mjolnir is very sentient. <laughs> kind he of. made the decision. Yeah. All right. Uh, this is actually from the same guy, Robert T. Frost, uh, on Facebook. After listening to your last podcast, I think that you guys hit a good idea. Uh, Firefly. Maybe after Agents of Shield is over for this season, you can watch and review Firefly and Serenity, filling in the time before Ant Man is released. Being a Joss Whedon creation should make it close enough to including in the MCU podcast, um, especially if you need some filler. I obviously love the idea of talking about Firefly on a podcast. 
Maybe um, not this one, though. Maybe not this one. But the more and more we're doing, I've really enjoyed the amount of work we've put into the podcast lately uh, with the Daredevil reviews. And oh, like, yeah. It's been a lot, but it's been really fulfilling, and a lot of people giving us feedback on it, and um, it really makes it worth it. And so I definitely am not opposed to possibly doing other uh, TV and movie podcasts sometime in the near future we've discussed a few things uh either me and jeff or me and someone else or jeff and someone else or some uh, both of us and someone else we, we've got a few friends who also get involved with this kind of stuff so we're yeah, um i do have a friend that really wants to join us on a daredevil talk yeah and get him he's on. no he's already seen all 13 episodes <laughs> maybe we'll get him on for the final yeah we'll get him on for the up, final for the final wrap-up episode um yeah we uh so we're, we're we've i think we're, we're, we're new to this podcast and we both have kind of full-time jobs happening. Um, and we're building this podcast. Uh, and we, we really love that we're getting such a good response and you guys want us to cover more things. Um, and we may, we may just do that, but it'll probably not be on the MCU cast. It'll probably be on the, uh, I don't know. Cool show retrospective. <laughs> the Matt and Jeff talk about neat things. There's show. a, there's some, there's some show I heard about recently that only covers shows that ended with one season. <laughs> that's what that's what their concept of their show is. So so they're always moving from show to show, huh. um, which I think is kind of a fun idea. Um, but you know we could do something like that where we're covering shows that we like from the past, or you know might just hey maybe there'll be a Serenity two that comes out soon, and we can uh, we can watch all of Firefly in preparation. There there won't be. Oh, I I would be I. I I'm 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 gonna go out on a limb and say I'm gonna be surprised if we never see anything from the Firefly universe again. What if we do and it's bad? I can't imagine that being the case. It won't be Joss Whedon, but it'll be bad. No, it could be Joss Whedon. I totally think it could be Joss Whedon. No, I'm saying like somebody else is gonna do it. Oh, after yeah. well, like way would, after the fact, and it's gonna be terrible. I wouldn't want anyone else to do it. That's that's a good point. I should specify when I say I want more Firefly, I want more Joss Whedon led Firefly, <laughs> and he's he's gonna have all of his Avengers money <laughs> to go do whatever he wants. Um, and a lot of what he did with Avengers was straight out of his playbook for Firefly and Serenity, particularly Serenity. You haven't seen yet Serenity. You've, Jeff is now finished with Firefly, but has not yet seen Serenity, and. uh it's not available for streaming on anywhere. I'd spend two bucks and rent it. I'll spend two bucks and rent it. And we can watch it some night. Um, I, I thought know, you had the Blu-ray. I did, and I can't find it. Oh, no. I'll, I will continue to look. Okay. Um, right after we casted last week, Mark Amargo posted, uh, after Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode, I had to get a fit sandwich. And he posted a picture of a... Uh, uh, Pastrami, prosciutto, prosciutto. I keep saying pastrami. Prosciutto and buffalo mozzarella. Prosciutto and buffalo mozzarella with pesto aioli sandwich, a la Fitz's sandwich from last week. Um, and it looks so good. It does look. Really I want to eat that sandwich I so feel bad. Like for the finale this 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 year, we should have like a nice Agents of Shield party and do like do those sandwiches. Do sandwiches and do uh, I don't know what's a good what's another good uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe snack. Shawarma. Yeah, good call. Good call. Actually, the wife of mine makes fantastic venison shawarma. Ooh. All yeah. right. Well, we should do that. We should have we a have, big uh, Age of Ultron. Well, occasionally we have Lebanese night where she just makes a bunch of Lebanese-style food, including shawarma. Nice. Cool. Well, we, we, we may do that. Your, your wife's a wonderful cook. Yeah. Um, Noelle 
in in response to what we talked about last week on the cast, she had some things to say about how she thought that um, the cap in Avengers is different from the cap in um, the Winter Soldier. The Winter Soldier. And I had said on the cast, I'd like to hear her expand on that. And she says at MCU cast on this is just from Twitter, uh, Joss, Joss sees cap as lawful. Good. The Russos understand he's neutral. Good bordering on chaotic. He lied to the U S army repeatedly. Thank you so much for putting that in D and D terms, right? That is <laughs> the best way to interpret that. Um, that is an interesting way of, 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 of saying that, um, I like that a lot. Um, I, yeah, I, you know, to be honest, most of my experience with Captain America is from content where it does seem like he's lawful good, but I think neutral good's probably a better explanation. I mean, but honestly, even in Avengers, uh, if you're talking about him being, Neutral good in the sense that he's willing to go against the government. Is that kind of what you're a D and D player? Um, neutral good is basically doing the good thing regardless of what the consequences are. Okay, and regardless of the law. Or, well, no, that's chaotic. Sorry, regardless of what the consequences are. Neutral good is where you kind of lean either way, like do the good thing, kill the bad guy, or do the good thing jail the bad guy because that's lawful hmm. not sure <laughs> so we should look up a definition for neutral good <laughs> no that's that's what it is it's always like the the neutral good people want to do the good thing but they can go either way on what the good thing is hmm. okay so so they, they make up a decision make a decision for themselves i'm reading an description now basically they they do the best thing that they can do uh regardless of whether it's uh lawful or not um which which makes a lot of sense given caps because he definitely is for you know all you know working for the government until he finds out what the government's doing and then he wants to bring them down you know yeah he does that in avengers he uh he he works against uh but it was this thing like i don't see I don't see that as much, but I, but I respect the opinion for sure. Because he does that in Avengers, but he also does it in the first Avenger where he goes against the government's plan, you know? He lies to the government. In in the first Avenger? Yeah. Yeah. And in Avengers, he, he spies on the government and finds the Hydra weapons, which causes him to turn on S.H.I.E.L.D. and go, for, you know, go, kind of go on his own go his own way a little bit yeah well then they have to fight the chitauri it kind of they that whole thing kind of goes away when they realize they have to fight an alien race um <laughs> but yeah and, and then i guess it does pick up with the russo russo's film um the uh, winter soldier it picks up right there where he's still working for shield so so what's that next feedback um mark amargo on uh on twitter uh tweeted to us that uh, Candace 31 revealed in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 2, Episode 8, Cal said that he will be reunited with his family in the afterlife. Yes, which is sounds, what they call it. Sounds like he they, like his wife is dead, uh, but it it they're just in a place called afterlife. Yeah. 
So that that was clever. So maybe they really did make us all think Ying was dead, but nope, uh, she is just in the afterlife, which is a place. <laughs> clever, <laughs> clever agents of Shield. Yep, you got us. Um, from the clear Helicarrier posted on Twitter at MCUcast, Agent Thirty Three is Zartan from Gojo. I'm a little behind. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, he obviously was. He's been yelling at us from three weeks ago. Yeah. We're already there. Yeah. I don't know what Gojo or Zartan is. Me either. But I'm sure that means something to other people out there. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming <laughs> Zartan is the character, or Zartan or whatever, is the character from a thing called Gojo. And that actress plays her. That actress that plays Agent 33 plays that person. All right. Well, once again, Charles, you have out-nerded us. <laughs> um, way to go. Way to go. <laughs> we love you, Charles. Um, Cranial Dynamite on Twitter has said to us, uh, this is quickly becoming one of my favorite pods. Uh, You're quickly becoming one of my favorite listeners. Yep. You, you definitely are. That was super sweet. Uh, we really appreciate that feedback. Um, that's very nice of you to say. And if uh, we, we appreciate all of our listeners, we are the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast in partnership with 45 Magazine. Um, if you want to help us out in a big way, uh, just go over to iTunes and leave those five-star reviews and subscribe. That really helps us out. Uh, but if you want to hit us up on the web, we have everything over at mcucast.com. Um, or you can hit us up on Twitter at MCUcast, Facebook.com slash MCUcast, MCUcast at gmail.com, or just call us and leave us a voicemail at 573-CAST-MCU. Um, we, uh, we really appreciate all of your feedback. Got a little more a little later, but it's spoilery filled. So we're going to move on to talking about tonight's episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It was episode 17 of season two called Melinda. So if you have not watched episode 17, Melinda, uh, you probably want to stop listening unless you want to hear it through our eyes rather than our, our wonderful childlike eyes, our wonderful childlike eyes. That's, it's just so sweet. Thank you, bad wolf. And thank you for having a doctor who name. (laughs) So you want to give me a countdown and I'll scream something. Yep. Yep. All right, so we're going to go into the spoiler section in three, two, one. Melinda killed a little girl. Damn. Damn. That was some cold shit. <laughs> I mean, why they got to be like that? Why <sighs> must they be like that? Um, yeah, so this, uh, did, you, did you call it ever at any point? A little bit. I thought about it. I thought about it when she saw the little girl uh, inside or like hiding behind stuff. Yeah. I was like, oh, no, no, no. Don't do that. Oh, don't do that. Yeah. And then they, they, they progressed with the fight scene of like the super strength one. And I was like, okay, yeah, okay. They're not doing that. And then I've, they decided to do that. Yeah, I thought they did an amazing job because I didn't call it at all. And I just, I love being surprised. We've been talking a lot about being surprised on the uh, Daredevils. Daredevil recaps this week because... God, like everything on those surprises have been, me. I have, every episode of the Daredevil cast, I've been talking about how I was surprised by something. <laughs> it really has been a very surprising show. Something just blew my um, mind. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. doesn't normally surprise me as much. 
And uh, this episode, I did not call that that girl, uh, the little girl, was going to be the 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 villain, uh, or the 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 threat that she was going to have to take down. Um, little crazy, a little crazy little girl. Like that's just so sad, you know. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I guess her power was to um, touch people, and then she controls them. <sighs> Yeah, that's what it that's what it looked like. That's what it seemed like. It was it was kind of like touch them, control them, give them a directive. Yeah. Um, and then she was like, <sighs> so the, the crazy thing is, we've been dealing with Melinda May as this hero who can take out armies. She's the cavalry. But the, the thing that gave her that nickname was actually a mistake. Like she didn't take out any of those people. She took out a little girl. And saved her whole team. Like that's what they're whispering at the end of the episode. They're whispering about how he how he saved, um, how she she saved her whole team. Nobody lost their lives and took out every enemy. Yeah. And I think when the little girl at the end was walking around touching men, they were dying. I believe. Well, she wasn't walking around touching them. She was walking toward Melinda with her hand out, saying, "Take my hand." Well, no, but she before then, that was going. Well, that was in the flashbacks. She was touching the random people to get her or to get them to no, like no, scoop no. everybody I'm talking about up. When outside. she's walking toward Melinda, she's she walking wasn't around. touching them. She was just waving her hand and being like, "I'm done with you," and they would fall over dead. That's yeah, that's what I meant. Uh, it looked like she was touching them to me, but uh, either way, she's just killing them left and right. And that's why Melinda had to shoot her when she was walking toward the shield agents, ready to kill them, just to have them. Uh, kill she over. might have been touching them. I don't know. I think she she looked like she was like. Was she just like lightly tapping them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She wasn't like forcing them over. She just no. Barely... I mean, was she just was she just kind of like wistfully like yeah, exactly. Flick of the wrist, and that that's, one's dead. That's what it looked like to me. <laughs> it looked like she could have been like crossing her neck a little bit and just be like, "That one's done." Yeah, and that one's done. No, nah, she and that one's she done. Really, just a little girl playing with her dolls. That's that's <laughs> what she was. We've got, we've got a lot of other stuff going on this episode. I. I'm still torn about what I think about them having these flashbacks constantly. Um, I kind of like the idea of like they could should, they could have spent an entire episode with Melinda, but they didn't have that much story to tell. I guess. Well, it was it felt really disjointed going back seven years and then in the present and seeing what everybody's doing. And then yeah. back seven years. I don't know. And then like I, I like on other shows where they do that where they're just like we're going to spend an entire episode on a flashback or in a different area or whatever. But then at the same time, I like when stories continually move forward. Um, well, I, at first I didn't understand why, uh, why they were telling this seven years ago story, but then it all came together in afterlife. And like, whenever they, whenever Jia Ying was explaining, like, um, we can't do this. Like, we can't let people know that you're my daughter, which was a huge revelation for Sky. Uh, we can't let people know that you're my daughter because of this rule, because this happened and, while they're while while that explanation is happening, we're getting the flashbacks of it, and it's like, oh, oh, Jesus, okay, mm-hmm. oh wow, and with that revelation, it all made sense, and I was okay with it. But for a large part of the episode, I'm like, why, why are we doing this? I'm interested in Bahrain, but like, make it make sense. And then they did. Yeah, they did a really good job of. Of tying Bahrain and Melinda's backstory to the current thing, and I guess that's why they've waited this long. They had that vision for her 
for her backstory to tie very loosely tie. I mean, like it's, it almost her story. She never finds out that that little girl was an inhuman, you know, it's not like that mattered to her, but it definitely impacts our show and, and shows the, uh, you know, earlier in the episode, there was a line and and I thought, I honestly thought it was going to tie into something else. Um, there was a line that Jaying says, she says, we, our people know better than any, what a mother will do for her daughter. Yeah. And I thought that I was like, that must be some sort of inhuman legend or something. Like I was thinking it was going to like tie to the Royal family or like our people know more than any, what a what mother will do for her daughter. But it actually turns out it was just literally going on in that story. Yeah. They were inhumans. Yeah. Everybody knows that story. No, that happened seven years ago. Everybody remembers that story. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's what it is. That's really, or at least that's what it seems like. Yeah. There might be a different story. Yeah. Maybe so. Maybe there's, maybe there's lots of mother and daughter interactions in the, in the, uh, in humans. Well, I didn't know we would get this soon. The revelation of the uh, first sky. It's not, it's not a revelation to us, but the fact that Zha Ying is her mother, I'm glad we did. I kind of hate when people just keep secrets for a really long time for no reason. <laughs> yeah. Although they are keeping it a secret. Um, and it looks like we have a new, uh, a new power, uh, with with uh, the girl in the flower dress with Reina. Um, she has the new power of seeing the future in her dreams. In her dreams. Can we talk for a second about a little bit of a tweet that I got during this episode, or that we got? Yeah, absolutely. This Let's throw some feedback in. Because, because uh, Justin Waters says. He says, I'm a grown-ass man and an Air Force veteran, and I just teared up a bit watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Damn you, Sky and your mom! Oh, is that the part that made him tear up? Yeah, it was when when she was like... That was pretty... When she uh... revealed like when her birthday was. Oh, and the birthday I wanna, thing. I don't want to tell you because... Or no, I feel like you knew, and it's, I just didn't want to... I didn't want to hope. It, you know... With with the the mother and with Cal, they made it believable that Sky is kind of starting to fit in to this world. Yeah. Um, which I don't know. I didn't really expect. I expected her to very soon go back to Shield, but now I could actually see, especially with them talking this episode so much about um, how she moved from life to life, and and she never spent more than two years anywhere. Yeah. Including Shield. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like they're, they're, she's right at the edge of two years, and yep. she's. She's jumping, and jumping then she gets chased through the woods and yeah. impales somebody. And that, she's like, and that ended with agents chasing me. Like that's pretty traumatic. Um, and I can absolutely see she's an adaptable girl who's just been moving through life this way. And I think she could, um, you know, just start a new start a new life with she the humans. She wants to fit in somewhere. She does. She, she definitely really badly does. But she doesn't want to. She doesn't want to let herself believe that it's going to happen because she doesn't mm-hmm. want to get let down again. That's right. It hurts. It does hurt. You'll, you'll find the right man, Sky. I mean, you'll find the right family, Sky. <laughs> Why you got to make it about a man? How do you know she likes men? Because she was all over Ward? She was all over Ward. Mm-hmm. He's not the right man. No. <laughs> I don't believe so. I don't believe that's the case. He's not the right man for anybody. I really enjoyed uh, Coulson outside of the uh, thing, outside of the little uh, Bahrain 
warehouse, warehouse or saying, uh, well, should I go chemical, biological, nuclear? Biological. Biological always, always works. Bio generally works. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty great. Um, we have, uh, so we have, what else do we have in this episode? We have the Sky's little arc with her mom, which was really touching. Uh, and Cal, bringing Cal in and making him a part of that family was, I don't know, well done. I believed it. I believed that Sky would try to make it work. After all the conversations they had and building of her backstory with all the orphanages she jumped to, it, it made sense that she would, okay, this is the situation. My new mom, my actual mom, wants me to make it work with this guy who I was calling a murderer three episodes ago. I'm going to try to make it work. Well, I mean, everything he did, he was doing for their family. That's right. Even if it was the wrong thing. Even if it was chaotic good, mm. it was still good. Well, is that good, chaotic good? Or no, is that, it's not. <laughs> I don't think that's chaotic good. It was, it was pretty much chaotic neutral, I'd say. He, was, he's, he wasn't evil. He just wanted to hurt the people that were keeping his family apart. Yeah. Which, you know, he he had, he had his goal, and she's starting to see why he would do all the things he would do. She's starting to yeah. understand his character a little better. So, um, it just made, it made, it made total sense that she would sit down for a dinner with Cal. And, and maybe even start having, a, like, a regular relationship with Cal. Um, so, given the fact that there's a spinoff coming, do you think that Sky is going to be on our Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. next season? Ooh, that's tough. Mm. That is tough. It is. It is. And what is Theta Protocol? What is Theta Protocol? I have. I have my theories. Is it new? Or is it Secret Warriors? My theory for Theta Protocol it goes along with my theory for Age of Ultron that I've talked about is a it, bunch. Is it the Thunderbolts? I don't know any of that. That's comic book stuff. I don't know what okay. you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> is it? Hold on. What are the Canadian ones? Alpha Flight. Alpha Flight. Is it Alpha Flight? Um, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know anything about comic books, except that thing you need to know. I know that. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it's like, what, what am I doing? I'm on a Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Am I trying not to look like a nerd? Like, what, <laughs> what's my problem? Um, no, I just, uh, Why are you fronting? <laughs> you know, I just sometimes I front. Um, <laughs> sometimes so, you got to front. So let's talk about Nathaniel Muzzy's real quick, though. Oh, yeah, his feedback? He uh, he said, because there was that spinoff coming up, uh, and I posted it on uh, on our Facebook page because that was such incredibly huge news that I couldn't wait to yeah, tell oh, everybody no, that's about huge, it. Yeah. Um, he said that his prediction is Secret Warriors, led by Coulson, featuring Quake, Deathlock, Agent 33, Hunter, Fitz is the tech guy, and maybe Ward? Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. continues, led by Almost... Uh, featuring May, Simmons, Mac, Mockingbird, new agents, potentially different names and team lineups. Yeah, I can't imagine May leaving Coulson's side. Mm. Even if he's been lying to her, which he apparently has, I can't imagine her leaving his side. With the way that they're going with it right now, I would bet that she would stay on that team just to keep him in the clear. Hmm. Kind of like the the liaison. 
Maybe. between the teams. I don't think if those if those are the team breakdowns, I don't think that we're going to see uh, those teams working together or even putting up with each other because it seems like you've got one set of set of people setting up. And I mean, if if they're going to do these separate series, I think it's going to lead towards civil war. Yeah. I think it's going to be two separate teams, one of, of powered people and one that fears powered people. Um, and, and, and so, so that's definitely possible. His, his, his theory is definitely possible, but I just don't know if they would split the show that much. Um, although I will say some these are the same guys who worked on Buffy and angel. Some of them, Oh, jo- yeah. <laughs> and and Buffy was very much that. Buffy had a, had a show, and there were a number of people who didn't work that well on Buffy. Yeah. And then when they went to Angel, they all like became their own characters and like and and hit it big. And so if you look at the last episode of Buff of Angel, it's pretty much like half the cast of Buffy that slowly migrated over <laughs> through time. And and so it really was Buffy just kind of split in half, and, yeah. and half went over here, and they brought in new characters to fill the fill the space. Oh, what if we're what if we're getting that? What if we're getting a new set of of series like that? It would be cool. That uh, I mean, Buffy and Angel is one of my favorite. Around. Buffy and Angel is one of my favorite canons. That's such a such a fun thing, and I, and I would love to see. You know, this show is 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 from the mind of Whedon. Um, so yeah, if yeah. Uh, if he if he's if he's got that in in mind, I'm I'm down. What if it's the Thunderbolts though? I don't know what those are. Uh, the Thunderbolts are a group of hero or not heroes. They're uh, they're in, they're villains that kind of do heroic things sometimes. Gotcha. Yeah. So that would fit in with Ward, but we don't really have any other villains that are that way. Yeah. I mean, we got Agent Thirty Three. She's blindly following Ward. Uh, there's been speculation of what if Ward is Taskmaster, and. That would be hilarious and would fit in with that because Taskman- Taskmaster kind of had a uh, like a villain's academy, mm-hmm. so to speak, training, <laughs> training a villain's people. academy. Yeah. Like he would take in young villains and train them up for uh, for Norman Osborn's use. Weird. And send them on up. And um, like Taskmaster had the weird ability to where he could uh I think they call it photographic reflexes. Like he could watch somebody fighting, even against him, watch somebody fighting and react to them quick enough to where he knew their style immediately and could replicate that style. Interesting. Isn't that similar to what Mockingbird is supposed to be able to do? Mm, kind of. Yeah. They There's been speculation that maybe they're related. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know. Cool. Well, uh, I think Mockingbird just picks things up really fast. What else do we have in this episode that we need to, <laughs> that we need to talk about and cover? Well, I think we've pretty much covered most of it. We've got um, Sky and her mom. We've got the um, a lack of Ward. We've got <laughs> we've got Fitz in a bathroom. We've got Fitz in a bathroom, which was pretty the great. Box. Pretty great. Can you teach me to lose a tail? <laughs> Can you teach me how to shake a tail? Like maybe yeah, I'm really looking forward to how maybe these, now <laughs> how they're going to use a hand dryer. Yeah, says, is there a hand dryer in the room? You said you're in like, one of the bathrooms with one of those electric hand dryers. You'll be fine, mate. Yeah, you're what? Gonna, you're gonna be fine, mate. Like, what in the world is he gonna do? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Hunter. Fitz is small, but he can't fit through the hand dryer. <laughs> Plus, what if someone turns it on? 
We don't need his brain fried any more than it already is. Aww. Oh, bad taste. Too soon? Too soon. Come on, into season one. We're we're, no, nearing, we're not even a season three. We're yet. nearing the end of season two. Ah, we are, and that's crazy because we've got like three weeks till Age of Ultron. Three weeks till we find out what this is. So my and we've theory, got five more episodes this season. Wow. My theory for Theta Protocol. Theta Protocol sounds interesting. It sounds like he's got a bunch of assets, they said, uh, which I'm assuming is powered people all over the world. I think he is putting together the Avengers 2.0. Like, he, he put together the Avengers. He ran around with Fury, putting together the Avengers for those years, which they showed in this episode, which I thought was telling. I think them, them referencing him putting together the Avengers uh, in this episode while they're talking about Theta Protocol was telling. So I think... The last Avengers movie, we saw Coulson die. What if he emerges in this one to help? So they don't know he's alive. He shows up with a whole new team of Avengers. And that's how they introduce all these characters that we're, we're that we've had speculation might be introduced. Including some Inhumans, possibly. You know what story you're describing? What's that? Secret Warriors. Secret Warriors? Yeah, okay. exactly that. Cool. <laughs> Well, I think it's possible. Except that it's it's led by Nick Fury, who is presumed dead. You know, it's even possible that, that Theta Protocol won't hit the movies. Like, I kind of don't think Coulson's going to show up in Avengers. That's kind of just a small part of my theory. But what if, like, in episode 20 or whatever, Age of Ultron is happening, and our team has to respond to it, <laughs> by, and uh, Coulson brings forth, like, Avengers 2.0, Secret Warriors, whatever you want to call it, and they go about stopping Ultrons from, you know, places the Avengers can't be. Yeah, places the Avengers just aren't. Yeah, and so we have Ultron bots running around our show, and there's, like, powered people coming out of the woodwork that Coulson's been recruiting. I think I think that's more likely than Coulson showing up on the show. On the the movie, in the movie. I could see that. Yeah. I could see that. So that's that's my theory with uh, which if that happens and it is say it's secret warriors or whatever you want whatever they call that uh that could absolutely set up a spin-off series where you have you know a loosely tied team to shield like maybe Coulson stays on this team but there's this loosely tied team that he's built and kind of sits on sits on a path I could definitely see that happening. Yeah. And it said they're going to be characters that are introduced in the last, later parts of the season. So Yeah, storylines and characters that are introduced in the later yeah. part of the season. So, that all sounds legit to me. Yeah. That's my theory. Secret Warriors, man. Theta Protocol. It's all leading to Secret Warriors. Yeah, which is big and happening in the comics now, right? Or recently happened in the comic books? Uh, new, new Warriors, is it? <laughs> There's a lot going on in the comics right now, man. Yeah. Everything's leading to... Um, Secret Wars. That that's what I was thinking of. Secret, Secret Wars. Wars with it's kind of like a universal convergence. Uh, I, yeah, I shouldn't have used that term because that's what DC's calling their massive universe collision happening. Yeah. It's called convergence. But both um, both major comic distributor or major comic producers are having a, a universal collision. Hmm. 
It's weird, weird that they both are choosing to do that at the same time. I know that kind of universal collision and kind of rebooting happens all the time in the you know every couple decades in the comic books because they have to they're like too much canon we have to reboot 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 well marvel really hasn't done that no i agree yeah marvel's been a little more dc feels like it's done it a lot dc did it with the new 52 like hard reset marvel hasn't done it they just keep like collapsing universes and having people disappear and never come back. That's funny. Like, what's the cancerverse? You say, what's the cancerverse? Yeah. What does that mean? Peter Quill's in the cancerverse. Sacrificed himself to trap Thanos there, I think. Hmm. All right. Yeah. There's a lot of universal craziness that happens in Marvel. I think they're on, like, the third or fourth or fifth incarnation of the Vision there have been, like, 11 Ultrons. Sure, yeah. Especially robots. It's real easy to, re- yeah. you know, reset that 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 storyline. Yeah. Um, well, I feel like that we covered most everything I really wanted to talk about, but if any of you guys have any feedback or anything you want to hear from us on this episode, or if you just want to say everything, something to our listeners, uh, hit us up. Um, we're, we're at mcucast.com, at mcucast on Twitter. Um, Facebook.com slash MCU cast and 573 cast MCU. So, or uh, MCU cast at gmail.com. That's email. right. For if you want to hit us up on the emails, um, we'd love to hear your feedback. Um, we'll be back tomorrow with another episode of Daredevil. Um, I guess I'm pretty much wrapped for the evening. What about yourself? Let's go watch another episode of Daredevil. Yeah. That sounds exciting. We're going to do that. We should. Mm-hmm. You want to do that right now? I do. All right. Night, everybody. Have fun on your marathoning, Daredevil. Because if you're not, you should be. This is me telling you, you need to be marathoning on Daredevil. Remember to take pee breaks. Yeah, don't pee yourself. I I feel like that goes without saying. Some people need it, man. (laughs) All right, everybody. Thank you so much. Have a great night. (laughs) 